It's time to meet the next generation of Columbus Blue Jackets. This is the Pipeline Podcast, presented by Ruoff Mortgage. Let's see who's coming down the pipeline today with your host, Dylan Tyre. Welcome to another edition of the Pipeline Podcast. All season long, I've been chatting with Blue Jackets prospects. Today, I want to chat about Blue Jackets prospects. And there's no better person for that than Rick Nash. You're the guy that's in charge of all of the development for Blue Jackets prospects. And I just kind of want to do a season wrap-up kind of conversation. You know, talk about David Juracek, talk about Jordan Dumais, Luca Del Belbelouz, where those guys are at in the mind of the Blue Jackets organization. So you game for that? I'm game. <laughs> it's, it's exciting to talk about these guys because we're at an exciting point with this uh in this franchise and this organization, so I'm up for it. All right, let's get started talking about David Juracek. He just finished second among all teenagers in scoring in the American Hockey League behind his countryman, Yuri Kulik. Uh, we saw him in the National Hockey League at a couple of different points this season, one early and one late. Obviously had a terrific first year coming over to North America from the Czech Republic. So the organization's thoughts on David Juracek's development in year one in this system. Yeah, we're very happy with uh, what David's uh, accomplished this year. Um, you know, obviously, just to start off, it, it's just not myself that does this development. Um, you know, we, we got some good coaches with Derek Dorsett, Yarko Rutu, and Nick Bash- Backstrom, and Brad Thiessen. So it's a full team event going into these guys. And, and obviously, there's a lot of uh, hope for, for David's game. Um, he had a great game in the AHL. Um, the coaches are obviously doing the day-to-day stuff with him and I think they've brought his game along to the next level. Obviously we got to see him here in Columbus a few times and I think it's important for him to get that NHL feel and that NHL speed so when he comes back next year he might have a little bit of an easier uh, adjustment but uh, as far as David goes um, you know he's got a strong game that kind of checks a lot of boxes with him being uh, a, a, a bigger guy, he can move the puck, he can shoot the puck, he can play hard, he can play on the power play, he can play on the PK. So we're, we're very excited about his development and where he's come from, uh, from drafting him. Was his success this season a surprise to you or a surprise to this organization? Because it is a big leap, right? I know he was playing professionally over in the Czech Republic, but he's still a teenager at 19 years old. He's playing in a men's league in the AHL. That can be difficult for some players, but he seemed to handle it very, very well right from the start. Yeah, I think you forget his age sometimes, <laughs> yeah. and I, I know you've, you've chatted with him and spent some time with him, and sometimes you got to remind yourself how old he actually is because he's been around the men's game and the pro game for so many years that uh, he seems like a veteran already, but uh, you, you don't want to rush it, and I think Yarmo's made some, some great decisions on, on where to place these guys um, to make sure that we're not uh, putting them in, in a vulnerable position here at the NHL, and you know, though David... David's game has come a long way from the start of it. Um, I think we're pleasantly, you know, I wouldn't say surprised, but but we're happy mm-hmm. with it because we expect a lot out of David and, and, you know, taking him that high in the draft, we think he's a very good player. So um, I think he's just got a big summer ahead of him as mostly whether you're a prospect or a 10-year veteran, everyone has a big summer in front of them where they got to get bigger, faster, and stronger. All right, I was talking to Yarmo Kekalainen the other day, and he mentioned how you guys project players. I know you don't want to talk about, you know, what David Juracek could be too much in the NHL, right, or comparing him to current pros, but what do you guys see for David Juracek? Yeah, it's um, it's interesting how, how you get into the projections, and I've only been doing it for a few years, and, and when you talk to Yarmo about it, he's obviously 
been through a lot of years of this and it's kind of fun to get his insight and, and figure out where he kind of slots guys in. Um, for myself, I, I see, I, I try to project David as a one two uh, defenseman in the NHL. I think when a player gets drafted, that's high. That has to be your hopes for him. Um, I will say, I think it's harder for a defenseman to break in the league and, you know, going back for pucks, um, you know, playing hard in the corners, just all those little things that uh, you, you can sometimes hide as a winger. And I think as a defenseman and a centerman, it's a bit tougher. And with David being a defenseman, um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be an adjustment. And he, and he might start playing, you know, six, five, four position minutes. Uh, I don't know if he's going to jump right into the one, two D spot. Um, but that, that's where I hope he, he gets to uh, in the pinnacle of his career. Blue Jackets obviously selected David Juracek sixth overall in Montreal this past summer. Six picks later, they picked another defenseman, a guy playing in the Western Hockey League, Denton Matejchuk. David Juracek, a big right shot defenseman. Denton Matejchuk, a little bit smaller in stature. He's a left shot defenseman, but he's very, very thick. David Juracek is, is tall and lanky. Denton Matejchuk is kind of shorter and stockier. Their games are a little bit different, but can you tell us about Denton Matejchuk and what you saw from him this season? Yeah, with Denton, he's uh, he's obviously the captain of his team there in Moose Jaw, and he's he's a real leader, uh, you know, lead by example kind of kid, um, heart and soul type player. This this guy plays in all different situations. He feels like he's someone that <clears throat> is a blue jacket. The way he battles, the way he competes, um, he can take over a game by his skating and his skill. He can skate from one end down to the other. Um, he's a player that we saw a lot, me and uh, Derek Dorsett, because uh, Martin Reischavi was, uh, was in Moose Jaw. So it, it was kind of funny that we got to see him uh, before his draft year. And, and every game that I would go to then would do something to, uh, to stick out. And it's funny, this season he's, he's been good, and, but you just look at his minutes and he's 28 to 30 minutes a game. He's almost playing half the game. And, um, you know, so sometimes as, as a development coach, you uh, wish that was maybe a little less more, but um, he's someone that I'm very excited uh, to have in our prospect pool. All right, let's talk about his projection then. He's one of the top scoring defensemen in the WHL, but there's so much more to his game than just offense, right? Um, he's, when I've heard people talk about Denton Matejchuk and when he was drafted, people like to describe him as, you know, the prototypical modern defenseman, like Kale McCarr is that, but a right shot D in the National Hockey League right now. He can do it all, play the PK, play the power play, great five on five. What do you see for Denton Matejchuk when he does make it to the next level? Yeah, I, I see him as a complete defenseman as well. Um, you know, obviously on his height side, he's, he's not as tall as, as David is, but I feel like in today's NHL, as long as you're skating and your edges are good, you can roll off a lot of these checks anyways. Um, you know, you think about a Kale McCarr and Adam Fox. These guys aren't the biggest guys, but they just have such good edges that they can always roll off checks. And, and Denton's the same way. When he goes back for pucks uh, to break the puck out of his own zone, he can spin and he, he can ride his edges um, almost using the, uh, the, the other teams or the other players' momentum to create a faster edge for himself. So he plays in all situations, like you mentioned. Um, he's very active along the uh, offensive zone blue line. He can deke guys out easy. He can he can sniff holes and breakdowns in the offensive zone where he gets himself open for points. So 
I like that assessment that you said that he's kind of the modern day uh, NHL defenseman, which is uh, we obviously hope he gets to. All right, let's keep talking about some more Blue Jackets defensemen and a guy that we actually just got to see in the NHL. I'm not sure that anybody's stock rose quicker. Anybody made more noise than Stanislav Svozil this year. A lot of people love talking about David Juracek, but it just so happened that Stan Svozil got the opportunity to play with Connor Bedard. So a lot of eyeballs were on Stanislav Svozil all season long. And the eyeballs of the fifth line just got to see him here at Nationwide Arena a few days ago. He was able to pick up his first career point in his first NHL game. Played in Cleveland the other night. Had two assists in his first AHL game. What makes Stanislav Svozil so special? Blue Jackets selected him in the third round a couple of years ago now, but a lot of people think maybe he should have gone higher. Yeah, this this is a, a real, real interesting player in Stan just because his hockey sense, uh, which I believe is at NHL level. Mm. And um, Derek Dorsett's obviously done a bunch of work with him um, in Regina and, you know, worked with his coaches there. And, and really what I feel is, is brought his game to the next level. Um, this year uh, in particular, he's just, he's, he's been a different type player on the puck, a lot more confident. Um, a lot more believing in himself to make those plays. And obviously he's played around some special players, but uh, Stan's been a, been a big part of the hype there in, in Regina just because his, his game has been so good. And it's not only the offensive side, offensive side of the puck, Stan has also um, become a pretty good defender. And he's, and he's you know, one thing for our fans and, and the fifth line to watch is, is his timing on, on stepping up and making some pretty, pretty big hits. So I think as, as Stan kind of becomes more comfortable in his body, uh, he gets stronger. I think uh, that aspect of his game is something that's kind of underrated, but uh, we take a lot of pride in. Another guy who is one of the top scoring D-man in the WHL, along with Denton Matejchuk this season. So offense is a huge part of his game, but could you believe it when we saw him at Nationwide Arena the other day? Like a guy making the leap from the WHL to the NHL, that's not easy, but... I thought he looked pretty comfortable, all things considered. Yeah, I thought he, I thought he looked good, and I, I felt like I had to uh, kind of massage Dorse's uh, <laughs> mind and his brain and his ego before the game because it, it felt like me last year with Kent Johnson when he came up, and you know it's like your your child's kind of graduating to the next stage of school, and you know Dorse Dorse had some uh, fun with what, getting Stan, or getting to watch Stan play his first NHL game, but. Um, it's just it shows the pride that kind of we take in this organization. We we uh, you know we obviously want to win, but we want to see we we understand how important of a job we have to do. And to see Stan come to Nationwide, and for me, he held his own. Um, you know, it's tough to come in and play against NHL guys and, and guys that are been in the league for a long time. And I thought Stan did great. I thought his hockey sense stood out even at the NHL level, um, even past exhibition games in Traverse City. So. I think um, as long as he gets stronger, faster, um, a little quicker, uh, I think he's going to be an NHL defenseman. Another guy who made the leap to pro hockey this season is Corson Kuhlemans. Finished up his sophomore year at the University of Wisconsin. Remember the Blue Jackets picked him 25th overall in the 2021 NHL entry draft. I feel like a lot of people talk about the first two Blue Jackets first round picks there, and rightly so, Kent Johnson and Cole Sillinger. But the Blue Jackets had three first round picks in 2021, and the final one was Corson Kuhlemans. You and I talked about Corson last year, and he was a big project, right? Corson Kuhlemans was a, a raw defenseman when the Blue Jackets drafted him, finished up his sophomore year at Wisconsin, got games with the Cleveland Monsters. So where are you at now with Corson Kuhlemans? Yeah, um, 
I, I just feel like you're reminding me of how important my job is as we keep talking <laughs> There's about There's a lot of guys these, to talk about All now. these first rounders <laughs> and, and the position we're in, and I'm, uh, I'm doing everything, or our team is doing everything we can to get them to become Blue Jackets, but I think Corson's on, on the right track. You know, he spent two, uh, two years at uh, the University of Wisconsin and um, playing for Tony Granato, who's been around the NHL for a long time, and I think Corson learned a lot there. But I will say, since he's got to Cleveland, I feel like he's taken his game to the next level. And finally, we have him have him in-house and under our umbrella and having our coaches who, who, who we think are great down in Cleveland working with him. And, um, you know, in, in my office, I, I share an office space with Chris Clark, who's the GM of Cleveland. And, and they were really impressed in his, number one, his hockey sense, number two, his work ethic, and just the way that he read the game. So... Um, you know, Corson, Corson has put a lot of work in and, um, you know, he's, he's really developed his game to, uh, to fit a pro style. So, again, I hate coming back to this, but it's going to be up to these guys to get bigger, faster and stronger mm -hmm. for them to take that next step at the pro level. But some of these guys like Stan and, and David and Corson, even Dan, it, it's funny because you watch them and they have some intangibles that you can't really teach. But that's why they're they're all high draft picks and, and drafted to the NHL. So so Corson, Corson, I think will will take the next step and, and keep getting better. But um, we really like how he's come out of Wisconsin and played for Cleveland. I love having the opportunity to talk to all of these players throughout the season, and especially especially when I can talk to them, you know, one year and then the year later to see how much they've grown. And I think really one of the most fascinating conversations I had this season was with Corson Kuhlemans because. To be completely honest, when I talked to him the first time, a little bit young, a little bit immature, and I think that's what everybody talked about. You know, he had some growing up to do. And when I talked to him this year, it was like I was talking to a completely different player. And I asked him, you know, what changed this year? Because he said as much that something changed for him during the season. And I think he just said that, you know, with a month or so left in his year, he kind of realized what you have to do to become a pro, pick up some of those pro habits and do it consistently. And I just feel like he's taken not just his game, but himself to another level where he is trying to be that pro now so it's interesting to hear you say those things about you know what Chris Clark and the coaching staff in Cleveland thought about him because it's great for Blue Jackets fans to hear that right that a guy who was a bit of a project has taken that next step and not just as a player but you know as maturing as a person as well because people forget Denton Matecha or excuse me uh, Corson Kuhlman's 18 years old 19 years old so it's uh it's fascinating for me to see players do that but when I asked you about uh, Corson Kuhlman's last year, I asked maybe a pro com comparable, and you said uh, Seth Jones, similar similarities in their games. Has anything changed from that? What do you see for, for Corson Kuhlman's? Yeah, you know what? It's um, it, it's tough to say, and, and just to touch on what you were talking about, it's it's you. what I learned in this job, you're developing a, a person too. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you're trying to teach them your knowledge, knowledge on how to be a professional NHL hockey player, and um, a big piece of that is, is off-ice habits and how you prepare and, uh, you know, post-game, how, how you um, treat your body. And, and so it, Corson has come come a great way to, to get to where he is. Um, NHL comparables, it's, it's tough to say, but, um, you know, Seth's obviously one of the best defensemen in the league. And, uh, you know, I, I think Corson can get there someday if he, he, he really works hard at it. Mm -hmm. But... Um, you know, as I said, as I said before, I think I shared this with you that I think Seth might be a little better defender, and Corson might have a little better offensive upside at his ceiling. Mm -hmm. 
but um, again, he was just someone to relate to our fans. Uh, right, I think right. Corson will will kind of find his own way to the NHL and, and be his own player, but um, just someone to to so they can kind of get a visual on Corson with Seth. Yeah, perfect. That's all I'm looking for. You know, I don't I don't want You're you to say that this guy is to me, right? No, no, <laughs> yeah. absolutely not. I'm not saying that this player is going to be Seth Jones, but he's a long, lanky, right shot mm-hmm. defenseman who has some offensive ability, like you said. So mm-hmm. yeah, sure, the the comparable is there. Uh, I want to ask you about one more defenseman, and that's Guillaume Richard. I think he had a very quiet season this year at Providence College, former fourth round draft pick by the Blue Jackets, but. Uh, the Blue Jackets are high on that player, specifically after last season. I remember talking with Chris Clark about Guillaume Richard at that point, and he loved his pro habits, loved the defensive game. But where does the organization stand on Guillaume Richard now? Because, like I said, I feel like we didn't hear a whole lot about him this year. His, uh, you know what? That's how he. That's how he plays his game. I, I mean, this is sometimes you watch a defender, and when they have a really good game, you don't notice them. Um, you know, they don't stick out good or bad they're just so consistent and i find with uh, guillaume he has that attribute towards uh, his game he is solid every single game he makes the high percentage plays Um, he plays hard defensively he's got really good edge work in his skating that um, sometimes he's hard to knock off the puck and uh, this is still a guy that i'm I'm very excited about i think he's uh, he, he's he's going to have a long pro career, I, I truly believe. Um, but he's someone just not as flashy, maybe, as some of our other uh, draft picks. And, and maybe he's not as high, uh, you know, uh, drafted as, as the other guys. But this kid puts the work in every single day. And um, I've, I have high hopes for him in, in, our, uh, in our future. Yeah, I only bring him up because I know you feel that way about him. And I want Blue Jackets fans to know that as well, right? There's more people to be excited about than just the high draft picks. Because if you look historically, Yarmo Kekalainen and his staff have done a great job at finding gems like that in the mid to late rounds. And I'll ask you about one of those players in just a moment as now we'll transition over to talking about some forwards. But let's start off in chronological order of how they were drafted. Luca Del Belbelouz, Blue Jackets select him in the second round this past summer in Montreal. A lot of people had Luca Del Belbelouz with a first round grade, but the Blue Jackets were able to pick him up in round two. Started the year off in Mississauga, got traded to Sarnia at the OHL trade deadline. Just scored a big overtime winner in the playoffs a couple of days ago. What do you guys like about Luca Del Belbelouz other than his incredible name? <laughs> yeah, right. With Luca, um, hockey sense is number one. Uh, this guy knows where the puck's going to go. He, he has that feel. He has that read on the ice. Um, you know, he, he's someone that's kind of came into his own as, as the trade happened. It, it seems like he's taken his game uh, to the next level. Um, he, he's got, he's obviously a centerman, which we're, we're, we're hungry for. Um, he's a true centerman. And he's, he's someone that just understands how to play in the defensive zone, how to play in the neutral zone, how to play in the ozone. So he's kind of an all-around center. Um, and I hate coming back to all this, but it's just a matter of these guys to, to take that next step in their, in their speed. He's going to need some more explosiveness. Um, first three steps is going to be a big key for him. But um, like you said, he was, he was touted, uh, you know, some, some lists had him in the first round. And uh, we thought uh, we were very happy that he was still around by the time our, our pick came up. But off the ice, um, great kid. He's someone that is willing to put in the work to, uh, to get to the next level. And um, I've had a lot of fun uh, working with him and, and trying to uh, 
make him understand what it what it takes to become a pro and to become a blue jacket. He's a student of the game and a hockey nerd too, so I'm sure it's easy to work with a player like that. It is. You know what? And and credit to our amateur scouts. Um, these guys put in so much work and try to do so many background checks. We want to draft on character, not just um, you know hockey on ice performance. So. You know, to get these guys like a Kent Johnson, Kirill Marchenko, mm -hmm. Cole Sillinger, you work with these guys daily. You know how much they love the game of hockey, and uh, Luca fits right under that as well. That's a big part of why I like doing these conversations with the prospects, too, and allowing our fans to kind of get a look into those guys' lives before they're with the Blue Jackets, and it's so impressive to me. All of them are really good guys. Like, I, there's not one guy that I've come across, and I'm like, eh, I don't know how I feel about that guy. Like, every guy... I feel like we have a stellar conversation and beyond just, you know, knowing things about the game of hockey or having a good personality, they're just nice people. And I think that's really, really important. And I like that the Blue Jackets, you know, factor that into to what they're bringing into the organization. And it's funny and maybe it's not a coincidence that a lot of the guys are similar in that sense, that they kind of all have, I think how you describe it is they're Blue Jackets, you know, and I think a lot of the guys have that. So it's pretty interesting. Uh, with Luca Del Bell Blues, do you see a pro comparable for him, or is there a player that his game reminds you of? And I only ask because he is that traditional centerman. He can play the two-way game. He's got pretty good size. He's got good skill. So there's a lot to like there. But I'm curious if he reminds you of anybody. Yeah, it's um, it's it's tough with these kids to project them mm -hmm. because I always project them at their ceiling, mm -hmm. you know. And All it, right, and, let's hear it. And let's sometimes hear it. <laughs> sometimes I can get in trouble with those projections as. Uh, you know, anything that gets put on the internet is on there for life. So, you know, um, but with him, I, I think of playmaking centers that, that play a 200-foot game, um, whether it's uh, Strom, um, Backstrom, obviously, ceiling player. Right. But, um, you know, picture those guys that are pass-first mentality players that, uh, you know, w would rather get an assist over a goal, and that's kind of Luca's game. Um, you know, me and him have talked a lot about uh, D-zone coverage, playing harder, playing more firm, more engaged. We've talked a lot about pace, um, AHL level, NHL level. The pace is just that much faster than the OHL. So, you know, when I project Luca, those those are some of the guys that, you know, are on my wish list that I hope he turns into. And, and I think he has the skill in the hockey sense. As I say to a lot of the guys, you know, I, I can't come to the gym with you and, and do a couple reps and do a couple sets for you or else I would, and I can't do it. So with, with a lot of these guys, it's, you know, you, you want to guide them as, as far as you can, but it's, it's going to be up to them. All right, you just said a few moments ago the Blue Jackets were pleasantly surprised to find Luca Del Belbelu sitting there when they were able to, to pick in the second round. A guy that the Blue Jackets were able to select late in the third round, almost the fourth round, is Jordan Dumais. I'm sure a lot of Blue Jackets fans are familiar with Jordan Dumais game. Just set a Halifax Mooseheads record for points in a season. Right up there with Connor Bedard in CHL scoring all season long. What makes Jordan Dumais so special? Because he's got a pretty unique game. Very special game. Um, he's, he's definitely a special player. Uh, obviously, I just talked about it with Luca, but he might even be next level at knowing where the puck's going to be. He has that sixth sense that just allows him to get to the open areas and, and find the puck, and, and he's got a great release, a great shot, so he can put the puck home pretty fast. Um, 
interesting season for him. He, he put up points nonstop at a crazy rate. And, uh, you know, you, you almost want to get your hands on him just to get him to the next level to see where he fits in there. But uh, obviously with the rules and stuff, it's, it's tough. But uh, very nice kid, very respectful, um, special shot, special release. And you know what? One thing that surprised me in Traverse City was the compete that he played with. Mm -hmm. He was uh, dog on bone on the puck. He was, uh, that really stood out to me in Traverse City. So he's another player that obviously by his point total, we're very excited. But um, there, there's other intangibles in his game that are very good. Yeah, that's one of the weird things where I feel like when maybe you read some of the scouting reports on Jordan Dumais and things like that, the compete does come up. But I remember reading an article over the summer where they talk with his, his coaches there, and they're like, this guy finishes first in everything, or off-season workouts he's finishing first in. He competes like nobody else. And I, I am curious to see what this next year looks like for Jordan Dumais because, like you said, it's not like he can get into the Blue Jackets system and be a pro right away. He's got to wait a little bit. Uh, it looks like he'll probably play for Team Canada at the World Junior. He got the invite to camp this last year but didn't make the final roster. So, it's a big year for Jordan Dumais. It's kind of a strange year for Jordan Dumais because he tore it up in the queue the last two seasons, and I expect we'll see some historic numbers, assuming he stays healthy and everything next year. But, you know, does, I feel weird asking this question because, like I said, his skill set is so unique, but does he remind you of anybody? I just feel like the way that he plays when I watch him is so interesting. Yeah, that's that's a tough one because we do have him, you know, as a, as a special player. Uh you know he doesn't fit into into many columns with um, with Jordan, um, but just to talk on a little bit what you were saying before is is we're going to have to be careful with with him on setting his goals and you know making sure we're, we're realistic at where his game's at. Um, you know when you put up that many points, you can sometimes see your style of game change, mm -hmm. and the player that he was in uh, that he was in Traverse City was the player that we want him to be. Whether he scores three goals or no goals, the way he played in Traverse City was. Uh, was incredible. As for projections and uh, similarities, it's it, tough. At it's this point really him, tough. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's so hard. He's 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 a smaller winger that that can score with, with any shot has has the opportunity of going in. But to put an NHL name on him, it might be uh, hard right now. Maybe a better question would be: Did the Blue Jackets imagine that he could explode the way that he has this season when he was drafted? Because I feel like when Jordan Dumais was drafted, people were like, yeah, the Blue Jackets took a flyer on this guy. He could be a really special play player. We'll wait and see. But I feel like he's really garnered more respect around the NHL and the scouting community after the season he put together this year. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think the numbers are kind of proof of mm -hmm. what, what he can do. Um, but in saying that, you know, once you get up and you're playing against NHL guys or AHL guys, the game's going to change a little bit. And it's the players that can succeed at the next level are the ones that are going to have long careers. And, and we believe Jordan can do that. But um, it's just a, it's a tricky thing. And, and I, I hope he doesn't worry about kind of earning that respect around the league. As, as you said, as he has a great season, other people start talking about him. Um, Obviously, our amateur scouts knew something that a lot of teams didn't. <laughs> credit or, to them. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of credit to them for uh, for taking him. And and I, I just, with his game, I always come back to, he was one of our best players in Traverse City in all three zones, in hunting the puck down on the forecheck, getting pucks back. So, 
you know, we, we just want to make sure Jordan develops in the right way, and, and we're in a bit of a tricky position with him not having uh, many options. In Traverse City, he had the opportunity to play with both Kent Johnson and Kirill Marchenko, and I know those guys aren't technically prospects anymore. They played a lot of games for the Blue Jackets in the National Hockey League this season, but since Kent Johnson kind of was your baby, right, or maybe is still your baby, that was like your first guy, <laughs> fifth overall pick, you know what I mean? You were helping him into the NHL. What do you think of his first season in the league? I thought he had a had a great season. Um, you know, I, I was I was really impressed by his game. The the one positive thing was I thought he got better as the season yeah. went on. Yeah. You know, he started to figure out his game um, even more. Uh, he he understood when to take a chance, when uh, when not to take a chance, and uh, so so I thought he was he was very good. Um, you know he's he's gonna have to bring his game to the next level he's, he's gonna play against different combinations next year harder competition you know the nhl is gonna gonna know about him now how skilled he is and, and how he can make plays so uh in my opinion ken had a great first season cole sillinger didn't necessarily have the year that he wanted in the nhl this year blue jackets had the opportunity to send him to cleveland towards the end of the year and by all accounts a lot of the guys loved him down there and he did exactly what the blue jackets wanted him to do in cleveland you know, it was it was a big assignment for Cole Stillinger last year to play in the National Hockey League at 18 years old. He was the only guy from that draft to play the entire season in the league last year. And I think he obviously exceeded expectations and, you know, maybe set expectations a little high for himself this year, at least among the fan base, right? Thinking that he was going to put up massive numbers. But it's a learning experience for a player like that who's still just 19 years old. Yeah, for sure. You, He's another guy that you kind of forget how, how young he is. Um, you know, he, he's a player that, that came in and blew expectations out of the water his first season. And, uh, you know, obviously his second year starting camp with an injury and then, you know, moving in and trying to find his game and not having much success. Um, you know what kind of character he is. You know what kind of person he is. Um, you know that he's going to put the work in to have a bounce back season. So, you know, he, you just make sure that um, he, he, uh, he, he kind of goes about it with a positive attitude because you, you can't really change anything that's happened this past season. And he went down to Cleveland. He was a great teammate. He was a big part of the, uh, the on-ice stuff. And, and you know he's going to be a good professional. So I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing his demeanor once he gets back into town for training camp. You were 18, 19 years old in the National Hockey League one day. Can you believe the way that He's kind of handled this. He's mature beyond his years. Everybody talked about that when he made the Blue Jackets last year. But this is, it's just another step for him, right? Because this is, there's some adversity thrown his way in this season, and he's handled it like a pro. Yeah, he really has. I mean, it would be so easy for, for a guy to feel sorry for himself. Um, you know, it, it would be easy to kind of go the other direction, not put the work in after practice, before practice. Um, but I think he, he truly gets it that the only, the only way out of something like that is to outwork it and, and put the work in and kind of do the extra reps, whether it's on the ice, in the gym. Um, try to give yourself the best opportunity while staying positive because you're on a team and it's not easy for an 18, 19 year old to figure that out. But uh, I think we've had a lot of good veterans around him too in the room to, uh, to help him through this. and. Uh, it would just be nice to have him have him have a quick start next year and uh, you know just kind of forget about this uh, this whole thing that happened. A huge positive for the Columbus Blue Jackets this year was Kirill Marchenko, both on the ice and off the ice. He's an unbelievable character in that room and with the media. I think an, an easy fan favorite and a quick fan favorite here in Columbus. 
but on the ice, he was unbelievable. New Blue Jackets uh, goal record for rookies, uh, passing first you and then Pierre-Luc Dubois, obviously. Finished the year with 21 on the season. Could you have possibly imagined that Kirill Marchenko took this city by, uh, by storm the way that he did? Yeah, you know what? He's, uh, he did a great job at it, too. And Yarko Rutu and Chris Clark has, have been working with this guy for a lot of years. And it's, it's, it seems like it's been a lot of years coming. And, you know, he didn't have the easiest start either. You know, there was a lot of lineup uh, projections, and, and he didn't make, make kind of that, that lineup. And he had to go down to Cleveland, and he had to earn it down there. And, you know, sometimes that's the best thing for guys is, is to see what's going on down there and then work your way back up. And, you know, there was a few times when he was even next in line and he got sick or he got hurt, whatever it might have been, and he waited his turn. Then he came up and, and he just grabbed it, and he was, there was no looking back. Um, he's a guy we're very excited about. And just to think if, if he can take another step. He's got the shot, he's got the wheels, and mainly he's got the attitude that uh, obviously everyone's fallen in love with. So very exciting uh, Blue Jacket. All right, this is obviously a huge summer for the Columbus Blue Jackets organization, and it starts with the draft lottery in a couple weeks' time. Monday, May 8th, the Blue Jackets will figure out where they're picking in the upcoming draft in Nashville. No matter how it shakes out, how excited are you for this offseason and to add another player and another really, really good player to this system? Yeah, we're, we're very excited. Um, obviously, it, you know, it wasn't the season that we all thought it would be, but um, it, it's time to move on from that and to focus on the, uh, the lottery. You know, once we find out which position we're taking and then we'll uh, start to go to work with our amateur scouts and, and figure out uh, what's the bet f best fit for, uh, for the Blue Jackets. But um, it's an exciting time for the organization, especially for me working with all these kids and knowing what we have coming. It's uh, very encouraging. All right, Rick. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to break down all these different prospects that we talked about. Thanks all season long for being gracious with your time. And best of luck helping these guys to develop going forward. And when it comes down to it, best of luck at the draft this summer. Thank you very much. All right. That ends our Blue Jackets prospect conversations for this season. Now we're on to the draft. Can't wait to talk to you about it next week.